one of my goals as a writer is to try and create realistic erotica. So a lot of the erotica that you come across now, which I love, by the way, I love a good vampire story, mm. mafia romance, secret mm. millionaires, you know, I love all that. But there really isn't a lot of realistic erotica out there. First off, there's mafia erotic fantasy. Oh, yeah, that's a whole, yes. There's a lot of mafia to me. romance. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> wow. I mean, sounds like a blast. As a young, a young woman, I who'd never experienced any of this before, and who has these urges to try to do this power dynamic and to experiment with masochism and sadism, yeah, not know how to act on them safely. Um, it was exciting to me still. I like to have pain inflicted on me, and my, and it's usually, it's primarily just like spanking and punishment based. Right. Right. You're a you're a naughty girl. And you need to get it. All right, hello and welcome to the Working Perfectus Podcast. I'm Matt Lavella, coming today by the one and only Ray Ray. And our guest is the amazing Letty Lustraft. Ray Ray, I'll tell you, you you helped book this guest, and this episode was awesome. I mean, yep. we, we really kind of got into some, we got, we really got into some really great conversations about like, you know, relationships and the different struggles that can be had. And, yeah. you know, she had a really great story and her, yeah. just her whole dynamic yeah. and her whole look too. Loved it, man. Yes. Loved it. That yeah. she was incognito and costume and her, you know, her story of where her writing was inspired by and everything like that. I really, really enjoyed it. What did you think of this episode? I'm- I mean, I love Lenny. She's one of my friends. And I was so overjoyed that you said yes to bring her on because I knew she would bring like a unique dynamic to the show because I, you know, I, I do the research on the people I do podcasts with and I didn't see someone like that that you had interviewed. Yeah. Um, and so she's amazing and she's so creative and she's a genius at everything she does. And the biggest thing for me tonight is I have known her for, I think, two years. And there are things tonight that I learned that I had never known. How about and that, that huh? was so great for me and very humbling for me to be able to learn more about her in an intimate, you know, podcast way. I, I loved it. And um, I can't wait to share this episode with everyone because she's amazing. And uh, I want to keep helping her get on podcast because her story is it needs to be out there and like i said her etsy shop and what they have been able to do is unbelievable like they started that shop in 2021 and they have over 25k in sales like they are unbelievable at what they're doing and um i hope that they keep doing it because and like i said like if i need help with something she helps me immediately she's so kind and wonderful soul and if I can help her in any way, I always will. So. Yeah, she seems like an absolute total sweetheart. She was great. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, super excited for everyone to get to hear this. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt LaBelle. She's Ray Ray. And our guest is the one and only Letty Lustcraft. Enjoy. Share and subscribe. Which is Hello and welcome to the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle. 
coming today by the one and only Ray Ray and our guest today. She is an erotic romance writer whose work focuses on kink positivity and healthy D's dynamics. She has a master's degree specializing in the population health, population health, and is passionate about sexual being and education. She's a feminist and LGBTQIA plus advocate and ally. And she's first time on the show. Super excited to have her here. The one and only Letty Lustcraft. Letty, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. Very good. Thanks for being on. Uh, <laughs> super excited to have you here. So little background for everyone. Uh, well, we had uh, Ray Ray on the show previously. Uh, it was, well, it was a botched recording, if I remember correctly. Right, Ray Ray? Yes, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and you were we were supposed to meet for a recording, and it ended up not working out, yeah. which, you know, it's a bummer. But is, silver lining is that you were yeah. filming or working with Letty that day, and we got to talking, and we were able to book Letty to be on the show. And super excited to have her here. Really, really a lot of fun. Looking forward to this. So, Letty, thank you for being on. Before we get started, I would just like to ask, what movie do you think is better? The Godfather Part 1 or The Godfather Part 2? I have never seen The Godfather. Right? Either. You know? <laughs> yeah. What, a, what about, okay, we have a backup. Uh, what do you think is better, Titanic or The Notebook? Titanic. Right away. What did you say, Ray Ray? Actually, you didn't ask me that one. You asked me the Godfather question. Um, oh. Definitely for me, Titanic, just because, okay. I don't know, they both are very hot. But right. I want to recreate the actual like car scene. I think that would be really hot to do. Oh, oh my gosh, that would be so good. Uh, the door Ray, scene. I... Like, can they both fit on that door? I want to know. I think Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What if you did a scene on a floating door? Like, <laughs> I actually saw this like crazy theory that it was actually made up, like Rose made up Jack, and it was just like her imagination of what was happening on the boat, and like because no one could actually tell he was there or not, so she could have just like you know. Whoa! So it's like a sixth sense type of thing. <laughs> It could have like burst. Wow. Like, that's a crazy theory that she could have just thought it all. Wow. It all <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, I mean, very much so, you know, plus also if you're like engaged to Billy Zane, I mean like, come on, it's Billy Zane. Right. But either way, you know, uh, very cool. Let's keep it moving. Then what about Cheetos, Letty? Crunchy or puff? Uh, crunchy. Yeah. Smart. You're not a winner. Get yeah. it. Get it. <laughs> um yeah. okay so here's a new twist on an old faithful right uh recently uh you know uh recent guest of the show the one only brian mad had he tweaked the question that we have we would usually ask pancakes or waffles but he wanted to throw in french toast's hat in the ring so mm. are you pancakes waffles or french toast french toast mm. yep. wow french toast strikes early wow. it has to be the right bread though like, if it's just normal white bread, then waffles. But if it's a really good, like, brioche, then definitely. French Love toast. a brioche. Yeah. yeah. I want to make brioche from scratch, but then I'm afraid. Like, I watched the Great British Baking Show, and I'm like, I can do it. I can do that. Oh right. God. Please make me French toast. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean... I, I mean, I can try, but um, no promises. I never made it. 
So those cooking <laughs> shows fill you with such false hope. It's ridiculous. You know, yes. you have no chance recreating anything that they make, but they make it. They make you think you can, and it's not yeah, true. I mean, the one thing I like about that show is that they're so nice. That would never happen in America. They like help each other when they're competing. Like, yeah. no, I know we have like Gordon Ramsay. Oh no, that's not America, is it? We're, I mean, he works over here. in America, or is that filmed somewhere else? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's filmed here, but either way, no. He it's primarily, like yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even like the judge, if their cake looks terrible, the judges will be like, oh, it looks terrible, but it tastes so good. And they're like super nice. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go on that show just to meet them because they're so <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. I would like it too. I mean, I don't know if this does happen on the Great British, British Bake Off, but if there was like a saboteur, you know what I mean? Like, if you had someone in there that was like messing up people's stuff on purpose to win, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, might add a little spice to that bake off, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But baking, too, is like one of those things that is extremely hard because it's very much like you can't just put a dash of this and a dash of that. Like it's very regulated what it is from what I'm told, you know. Yes, um, it is. I love um, oh. but I don't want to eat it because I have to look sexy. Sure, um, that's part of your job. So, um, yeah, I would love to bake more, um, but I just sadly can't justify it. So, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know. But either way, let's keep it moving then. Uh, so after that, what about a theme park, Letty? Are you amusement park or a water park? Uh, I'd have to go water park. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> we're ganging up on you. We're we're winning. No, oh, I mean, yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Water park all the way. Yeah. No way. It's the grossest. But we did it's talk. Crazy. Who did we talk about with Ray Ray? Oh, Andre Stone. When we were talking to Andre Stone when he was like, if it's an adult theme where it's just like a big lazy river that had like bars along the river, I mean, I could get down with that. You know, like that sounds like it'd be yeah, fun. That's part of the water park experience. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's swimming yeah, bars are great. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad ride. Nice. Okay. Let's keep moving then. Uh, Letty, what about Bill Murray or Chevy Chase? Who do you prefer? Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Wow. Wow. Uh, I just watched Vacation. Like this morning, I got up early and I watched the Christmas Christmas Vacation. Yeah. It was so good. I was like, yes. That has to be his number one. Like, that, that, I mean, He's been he's known for more, but that's that's a big hit of Chevy Chase's Christmas yeah. Vacation. I, well, I also just loved him in Community. Like, oh, you could watch so good. Oh, he was phenomenal in Community. Absolutely phenomenal. What a sleeper that show. Yeah. That show is fantastic. I it love is. that show. I finished it, but yeah, it's really good. Yeah, good, good I, stuff. I want to do like scenes like they do on that show where like I become a digital thing, like where <laughs> we go and we're like, oh, let's go old school Nintendo and we like change it. You so turn into like an 8 bit character. Yeah, I really want to do that so bad. Um, I don't know how we would do that. I, I don't know how to like build anything like that, but oh, I think it, it would be so cool to do. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, let's keep it moving then. This is probably the most, well, actually, 
What about Xbox or PlayStation, Letty? Um, I'm not really a huge gamer, to be honest. We have both. Um, we have all the consoles. My husband is a huge gamer. Okay. Um, Sounds like a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I had to pick, probably PlayStation because that's the one I watch Netflix on. So. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all, right. Right. all right. All right. <laughs> nice. Okay. And then the most important question will ever be asked. When it comes to eating wings, are you drums or are you flats? Oh, flats, for sure. <laughs> wow. I'm drums. I'm drums. So yeah, I know thank you. Thank yeah. you, Ray Ray. All right, guys. That's, that's the only way. You can, yeah, I'll eat the drums. You eat the flats. It'll be great. Sure. Sure. I mean, we're a match made in heaven, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's keep it moving then. So like we said... Uh, earlier, Letty Lustcraft is a published author and erotic romance writer whose work focuses on kink positivity and healthy D's dynamics. Super excited about this, uh, but let's get into it. So I want to talk about it. So how did you get into writing uh, erotic romance writer and what kind of stuff have you do you have out now? Yeah, so I actually started writing erotica when I was a teenager. Um, I started writing fan fiction. And I put it on the back burner when I went to college and um, it found me again during the pandemic when everybody needed something to do. And uh, it was one of the hobbies I picked up. I just decided to start writing again. And I'm really glad I did. Um, But it started off with just short stories during the pandemic, things that inspired me that my husband and I would do. We were doing a lot of experimentation during that time, too. (laughs) Must be nice. (laughs) So it turned into an erotic diary series, and that turned into a published book of all of those diary entries together, um, along with some essays on sex education that we learned along the way and things that I wish I had known when I was younger, um, things that they don't really teach you in sex ed. So I was actually, I didn't even have a really good sex education. I was abstinence only educated, and so I didn't really get a lot of the things that I know now. So they didn't teach you safe words. They didn't teach you, you know, anything about BDSM or fetishes, um, obviously. So so the book that I wrote has a first half was just essays on education and things that I wish that I had known when I first got into the scene. Okay. That's kind of one of my, one of my goals as a writer is to try and create realistic erotica so a lot of the erotica that you come across now which i love by the way i love a good vampire story Mm. mafia romance secret Mm. billionaires you know i love all that but you really isn't a lot of realistic erotica out there so i really wanted to try to put that into the world um, to give people an idea of what a healthy ds dynamic can look like and what healthy bdsm can look like it's not all just 50 shades of gray um it's there's a lot more to it but so okay so let's back it up a little bit first off there's mafia erotic fantasy oh yeah that's a whole yes there's a lot of mafia to me romance (laughs) yep (laughs) wow i mean sounds like a blast uh but i want to talk so you started writing in high school. So you said you grew up in like an abstinence-based like environment. Did that kind of, uh, in a way, like y- were you writing in secret almost? And it's like, you know, you weren't allowed to talk about it, but you just had like this burning urge inside of you. And the only way you could get it out is through writing about this thing that was, 
you know, a big no, no, stay away kind of thing. Is that what was going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely wasn't secret. I wasn't out there showing other people what I was writing. I didn't even really have friends that I showed it to. It was something that I kept very private, almost like a diary. Um, I was anonymous online, kind of like I am now, um, on different websites that I would publish my stories on. Um, But yeah, I think that my abstinence-only sex ed has a big part in like why I write and why I'm so interested in writing erotica. Um, what what like what hold on so abstinence only sex ed where where was that taught at? Was that in like because I went to Catholic school mm-hmm. and I'll tell you this it's because I'll I mean at least in the Philadelphia area the Catholic school girls have a reputation for being who is if you know what I mean. <laughs> and me. well hey whoa 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 but okay uh but either way <laughs> Um, but no, they have a reputation for being somewhat promiscuous and it's because of all the pent up abstinence kind of thing. And they want to get out and explore and sow their wild oats and stuff like that. So in, in an abstinence based kind of sexual education, did you find that was happening also? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, when we didn't, the dangerous part of that is we now have all that pent up energy and no real idea what to do with it. Yeah. And a way to safely exercise it. So that yeah. was kind of like a release in erotica. Thankfully, like that was one of the releases I had. Another release was I did end up in like some abusive dynamics and relationships because I didn't know how to act on these desires and urges safely. Oh, you were wait, you were in abusive relationships and you weren't aware that they were abusive because of your lack of sex education? Correct. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, it's go ahead. Go ahead. Right. I see like a lot of parallels with you, with me being like a slut and being very sexually open because I was raised the same way where you don't have sex. Like you don't talk about it. You don't do any of that stuff. And so I didn't have the outlet either of like, this is okay. I want to fuck all the time. I want to have this person. I want to have this. And so I did it like you all over the place with different people, randoms, like very unsafely. Like, you know, there were years where I didn't use protection with anyone. Like there were lots of things that I should have been doing that I didn't do. And so I see parallels with you and myself where we didn't get the education that we needed. We didn't get the outlet that we needed. And so we had all these urges and things we wanted to do, but we didn't know how to do them safely. So, uh, so, okay. So then, Letty, I was confused then because I thought that when you're writing in high school, this is like the avenue you had. But were you like practice? Like, were you having sex and being sexually active in high school as well as writing? So it was towards the end of high school that I first became sexually active. Um, I think that it sort of took the place of writing for me at one point. Um, it was like a year and a half, like limbo between high school and college. So I took a break after high school um, that I entered into a relationship to explore some desires and urges, and it just did not go well. Um, I, I mean, I, are you yeah. comfortable talking about how it didn't go well? Well, it was, I, I really wanted to be in a power exchange dynamic, which is where one person is dominant, one person is submissive, right? Okay. Um, However, I didn't have any sort of idea how to do that safely. So I met someone who was very dominant. 
Okay. But we didn't really practice in a way that would be considered BDSM. So BDSM is all about consent. It's all about risk awareness. It's all about negotiation. What I did was none of that. It was just a power control dynamic um, where he had almost complete control over me, like financially, like he always knew where I was. He, it, it was very controlling. And I thought that's Whoa. what I So because as a young, um, a young woman, I, who'd never experienced any of this before and who has these urges to try to do this power dynamic and to experiment with masochism and sadism, yeah, not know how to act on them safely. Um, it was exciting to me still, like even it was exciting to me to, try all of these new things with him but Uh i didn't realize that there were so many abusive and narcissistic behaviors that had gone unchecked and ignored so you knew even like even though you weren't completely educated on sex you knew that like hey there's this like submissive kind of thing out here that i really want to try and you just thought it was being submissive in all forms of everything right like totally just being like subjugated to a person on 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 every level And then you comes to find out, you know, when you really research it and how it works, it's like, no, this is there's a time and place for this. And it's very well organized and put together. So how did you like, did you just wake up one day and you're like, all right, I got this thing all backwards, really messed this one up. And then how did you get out of that? And then what kind of prompted you? Were you just kind of fed up with like how you're being treated? And then what kind of prompted you to get out of that so i think after a while it's it becomes almost unbearable to be in that situation but it's also very hard to break free from it because it's what you know and it's what you're comfortable with yeah Um, but there came a point i actually remember exactly when it was it was one of our mutual friends came over for a party and she had seen the way that he was treating me um and she's spoke out to the entire group the entire party when he had left the room that like it's not okay for him to be treating me that way and that everybody needs to stand up and say something if he does that again um and I was like wow like okay so I started thinking about it more and that night um a lot of stuff happened but it ended up with me well I can go into it a little bit but it ended up with me finding him in the kitchen fucking someone else. Um, and <clears throat> it was supposed to be like, I was okay with that because I'm submissive and I, you know, whatever he does is okay. And I think what my friend had said earlier that day and just having been in this relationship for so long and not feeling like feeling fulfilled in some ways, but also starving in other ways, I just... I just left. I ran. I literally left the door and just started walking down the street. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even have shoes on. Um, and from there, we he still had tried to get me back. There was some stalking, um, that, but I was able to just break free. Um, there, wow. I don't think it was a clean break by any means. Yeah. I don't think it ever is. But yeah, that's that. But that's every relationship, really. Yeah. But but so. What kind of, so you're saying you're fulfilled in some ways and then unfulfilled in others. What ways were you fulfilled? So sexually, it was pretty fulfilling. I mean, it was really good sex. Um, so like <laughs> you, you really enjoy, and I'm assuming this, but you were the one being dominated and you really enjoyed that part of like the being dominated part yeah. sexually. Okay. So that yeah. was fulfilling. But then where, 
then i mean also to uh, you were i'm assuming you're this was in college you said right um this was when i was 16 to maybe 18 yeah. And how old, can I ask, how old was the guy you were dating? 21. When you were 16, he was 21? Um, Actually, when I was 17, he was 21. So. Okay, so this guy was four years older than you. Yeah. And so, man, okay. So you, this is a young age. Also, too, at that age, like, you really think sex is, like, a, a much, it, sex is a big part of a relationship. I'm not trying to say it's not. But at that at that age, it's almost like the end all be all of a relationship at times where it's like you kind of put, you know, other things on the back burner. Plus, too, if you have like an identity that you wanted to be associated with. Also, being lonely is tough. You know what I mean? And like I've been in the same boat. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you if you had this, but and I don't know if really girls have this a lot. But for guys, if you have like maybe insecurities and low self-esteem and really didn't do well with girls at a younger age then and i had a buddy like this and i kind of suffered through it myself i remember like the first girl that would have sex with me consistently i was like well i have to marry her because i'll never find another girl that want to have sex with me consistently you know what i mean so right. it's like and i and i had a buddy that was like that too and you know but then you realize like that's not that's not the case and you can there's people out there that'll like you for you and not just for like the things you will do for them or how you'll be treated so it really did take a lot of courage from you to be able to stand up to this guy and say, hey, like, I'm done with this. Like, enough is enough. And what kind of things was he doing at this party that made people want to say, you know, like, this isn't right. We need to stand up and all that kind of stuff. Oh, the way he spoke to me was always very like he would call me names. Um, and I think what specifically happened was he he got very, very jealous and possessive. So I was talking to one of our other mutual friends who was a man. And um, he had gotten, he was also drunk at the time. So he thought that I was flirting with him and he like grabbed me and did, you know, he was like just very aggressive with me in front of other people and in front of our friend who hadn't seen that happen before. So she, it kind of took her by surprise. And I was just, I was just really thankful that she said anything because most of the friends that we've had and even my own family who had seen some of this behavior hadn't really said anything. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, I don't want to ask too much about, but like your dad had seen this type of behavior and was okay with it. Um, I don't think he saw that to okay. that level, and I don't think he would have been okay with it. Um, yeah. but there were some like my cousins, a sibling had seen, yeah. it, and I don't think any of them were really okay with it. I think that they just knew that I was going to make my own decisions regardless, which was okay. true. Yeah. yeah also too at that age it's like you're even if it's the wrong thing if someone else is telling you to do it you're gonna rebel exactly. and whatever so yeah yeah okay so there is that also i see so all right so then you get out of this super toxic relationship but like you were saying the i mean i'll tell you i've had been in a relationship with some crazy girls and you know Italian ones, Latino ones, I right? But it's because the sex is crazy good. You know what I'm saying? So like you'll be you'll do some dumb stuff be if you're, you know, if it's getting done right. But like what kind of ha- so this is kind of still the infancy of your sexual experience and I guess your sexual like uh sexual saga, we'll say. But (laughs) what kind of things, if you're okay talking about it, like what kind of things were you experiencing sexually that was very being very satisfying at that age? Um, So it was mostly masochism. So that was been like a big theme 
through my life. I've can you, uh, so not for me, right? But uh, maybe for some of the listeners out there, what what is the masochism when you say it like that? Like, what kind of stuff is that? Yeah. So um, for me, it's mainly like spanking. Um, some right. sort of like some sure. sort of physically inflicted pain. Um, there's other types of masochism, like like emotional masochism, things like that. But what? It's not for me. <laughs> Yeah, emotional masochism well like yeah, oh you know what we've had it on your like there's been a bunch of like when we had a couple weeks ago we had this uh she was a former courtesan in nevada her name was ashlyn sparks and she said that she because she was like a super nice sweet lady and she said she had always had trouble with clients that wanted to be like you know yelled at and like degraded yeah. and everything like that so is that like the emotional masochism? When you speak of that, it's like someone like degrading you and yelling at you and belittling you and like all that kind of stuff. It can be. I think there's a lot to it that even I'm not familiar with. There's a whole emotional sadism, uh, masochism realm. But okay. for me, it's mostly just physically. Um, I like to have pain inflicted on me in some way. And it's usually, it's primarily just like spanking and punishment based. Right, right. You're a, you're a naughty girl and you need to be <laughs> We get it. Um uh just kidding uh okay so then um you're you're like this is happening and and but is this this type of stuff you were writing about in high school as well i did want to say before we get on um that i i didn't know a lot of this about letty's backstory so it's very interesting to me to actually hear all of this because the parallels between her story and mine are so similar we just like different things yeah so the no. way that we went about, like, I'm a slut, I want to have sex all the time. And when I was younger, I didn't know how to deal with those urges. I had no way of doing it. I had no one telling me it's okay to have yeah. sex with five guys in a week if you want. Like, sure. and so I did. And right. I did all of it, but I did it very unsafely. I did it, you know, for the first couple of years, I had sex with everyone without a condom like there were just things that I should have done that I didn't do and I didn't have the outlet and you know my life could be very different than it is now yeah um, based on being able to have the education so I agree fully with what she's saying and how she went about with the education in her book and I also do what I do to show other women how to be slutty and how to do it safely so I think that it's great that you're doing that yeah could could not agree more. I'll tell you, I hate the I hate that the word slut has been it's a negative. You know what I mean? Because that yeah. should be celebrated. You know what I mean? Like let's be honest here. You know? Anyone who's slut shaman's a freaking loser. You know what I'm saying? Like let's let's call a spade a spade. So but either way, so I you want to be slut shamed, let me just say that. Unless oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the thing. Oh, yeah. by all means. I mean yeah. It depends, <laughs> but I think that's with anything. I would say kink shaming, not just slut shaming. I would say mm. kink shaming because yeah. that is all encompassing of whatever your kink is. It should not be made fun of. In high school, Letty, like when you're writing in high school, were you writing out of the BDSM thing in like the hopes of like one day trying this or? Yeah. So I was writing, um, I wouldn't call them BDSM stories, because like I said, I didn't really have a good idea of what that was. But they were elements of um, control. Um, They were elements of masochism and sadism. Sure. And I did want to 
I wrote what I wanted to do right. in a way. But, yeah. so. I'd love to see the writings comparison <laughs> between a teenage girl and a teenage guy because the girl's <laughs> like, he held my hair and he delicately blah, blah, blah. And the dude, <laughs> it would just be like, the same sentence with the same like five words like doggy style doggy style doggy style so, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i don't think a guy would even write anything there'd just be pictures of boobs yeah and it'd just be like a bunch of grunts like <laughs> 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 <They're just laughs> drawings of tits yeah oh yeah 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 it'd be a picture book that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> so. so okay Oh, go ahead, Ray Ray. Oh no, I just I just think it's so interesting, and I did not get to hear some of it. So um, maybe someday I'll get to hear the rest. But I I love it. I love the parallels because when you're young and you're trying to figure out who you are and like all these things that you enjoy and you like, and you're you're never told that it's okay to like certain things or want yeah. certain things or. And until you're given the opportunity, and sometimes that opportunity comes and it's not good. It's a bad person, yeah. a bad situation. And then you learn from that. But it would have been really nice, at least for me and probably Letty as well, to have not had to learn that this is a bad thing. Like, right. It would have been nice to have, you know, had the good thing like you have now. And that yeah. would have been like your thing, you know. Exactly. Letty, so... Like you're saying, in your writing, part of the book is uh, kind of like, uh, you know, things you learned on the job in a way, like, you know, lessons you learned the hard way kind of stuff. So yeah. is that really like the the inspiration for writing that was like, look, I came into this with, you know, this in mind and this is not what happened. Watch out for this. Make sure you do this. Make sure this, this and this. If this is happening, get out of there. Is that kind of the stuff that's in, you know, that that that's what made it into the writing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even have a list of abuse hotlines in my book. Oh, um, cool. signs of Very abuse, cool. like that you, if you, it's not always just he's hitting me. You know, it could be he's monitoring yeah. my phone. He's <clears throat> talking negatively, not letting me see my friends and family. Like there's a lot of behavior that could Whoa. Signs of abuse that someone might not recognize right away, especially yeah. if they're uneducated or they're they don't know what a good relationship looks like. Well, maybe yeah. they've never seen one. Maybe they grew up in a dysfunctional family. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for me, like sometimes when you're in it, you're in the that relationship. You can't see clearly. You can't see that this is not okay, like that yeah. it's just your normal and you put up with it, even though you're stressed and your body's holding stress and you can feel like visibly see it. Sometimes when someone is in like a narcissistic relationship or in a bad relationship, you can see it on their body. You can see it in their face. Yeah. You can see it like if they lose weight or they're gaining weight, there are all these things that you can visibly see that is affecting them, but they just keep going along and being like, this is normal, this is normal. And it's not until like they get, you know, the resources they need or the encouragement that they need to get out of that bad situation. So you it's, having that in your book and talking about it is great. And I, I hope it's helped a lot of people. So. I'll tell you, it's something that when it comes to the, I guess, the verbal abuse in a way or the mental abuse, that's something that is so it's so strong in a way mm -hmm. like my my mom had four kids. Right. 
And after she had four kids, like, especially in the 90s when dieting wasn't as big as it is now and, like, all that stuff, like, she had a lot of trouble, like, losing the weight. And my dad was, like, you know, Mr. Universe, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he was always, like, making remarks about her appearance and her weight and, like, things like that. And that kind of is, is, like, the catalyst, you know, because I remember, like, when they split up, my mom lost, like, a ton of weight and, like, did all this stuff. And I remember asking her, I was like, why didn't you do this when dad was still here? Like, you knew it's what he wanted. And she told me, he's like, he was so mean to her that yeah. he, you know, like, I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. but, but like, when my mom still talks about my dad, she talks about him in a way of like, I wouldn't say worship, but in like almost a sycophantic way of like, mm-hmm. she still really loved him. And even though he was, and I think that mental abuse, like, it's mm-hmm. making them want, like, it's almost making someone want to please their partner. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're forcing yeah. someone to mentally want to please you all the time with all their actions. It's, it's, that's yeah. something that people don't realize that yeah. they're in. And it's almost like they're a slave to this person's desires and this person's opinions. Yeah. And that is something I think, yes. I mean, you know, as much as like, it's, you know, I don't know. It's, but there's two edge, it's a double edged sword in a way, right? Yeah. Where, there are some people where it's like the it's the person who is saying being the mental manipulator really might want them. Like if someone is is struggling with their health and this person is making comments about it because they want them to be healthy. So they're alive and they don't really know how to you know say it to them is different as opposed to like someone who's degrading and, yeah. and being intentionally yeah. mean. And it's it's different, too, when the person who is being degrading and who is belittling someone is that's like they're getting off on it in a yeah. way and they're enjoying it. That's where like the abuse comes in as yeah. well. I, I mean, it's really hard, I think, to navigate. And for me personally, um, I don't know what it's like to be in any of those relationships because it's not my kink. Like if someone yeah. started doing any of that to me, I would immediately be like, there's something wrong here. But I think that the issue, especially with what Letty's talking about, is a lot of people like it and it is a kink and it gets them turned on. But then where's the line? Where is yeah. the line of this is your kink? This is OK until like, no, this is bad and it's bad for your health. Like, yeah. where's the line? I think that's the hardest part for for me personally. I wouldn't even understand where the line would be because it's not what I like. Um, but if I was in a situation like that and I liked that, it would be hard, I think, to know where the line was. I think also, like, I remember seeing the line and knowing that we had crossed a line. I remember that feeling like, you know, those warm, fuzzy feelings, like, of arousal and being excited by it, knowing that it was wrong at the same time and still wanting it. So it was really hard to, to exist in that space for so long um and it became comfortable in a way and also extremely malnourishing and terrible for me (laughs) so um but also it messes you up for future relationships so i mean like if anyone's ever been cheated on they're scarred for life with every other relationship that they're ever in because they'll be like any kind of hint towards something that could have happened they're gonna be like well you're cheating on me Right. We're done. You know, like it's, 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 it's going for the rest of your life and it's really, really tough. So, okay. So I want to keep it going then. So you start, like, like we said, you started writing in high school and then you, you know, you kind of started your sexual journey. Then you, as a pandemic kind of, you know, got back into it. 
And what kind of things, like you said, it was a sexual diary in a way with you and your husband. What kind of things were in this sexual diary? Like, is it more of like the the BDSM just on another level, like a more mature version of it, we'll say? Yeah, so it is BDSM based. It's based on a dominant submissive dynamic. Um, and it is a lot of what I wish I had, I wanted to be in back in high school, yeah. but in a very healthy way. So um I know you said like the relationship after that you'd be scarred for life. Well, I mean, yes, but also over the past 10 years, I've done a lot of healing, a lot of therapy. And when I met my husband too, we just grew into something that's very, very special. Our dynamic that we have. Um, I mean, I feel like you can see it. People see it when they read those stories that it's just something that's very positive and very healthy for both of us. Um, so. Yeah. It's also extremely hot. Like I, yes. (laughs) I I mean, I I know both of them, and I can fully agree with what she's saying. Um, it's really hot, and I love to see the way they interact. Like it's cute. They're cute together. They do cute stuff, (laughs) and then also like their just dynamic is just so cool. I I love it. It's amazing. I mean, have you ever seen like those videos on like Instagram and stuff of like you know like uh like you I know one of them's like you know you're in a relationship with a guy when like if you can't walk up you can't he can't walk up behind you up the stairs without him like not hitting your ass kind of thing you know what i mean like yeah. so <laughs> I mean, if you're but if yeah right i mean like you're for a relationship. fingers up my pussy <laughs> <laughs> not the right. ass Straight up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just like, all right, here you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, bowling ball, here you go. I'm like, okay. and But yeah. that's just what we have. Like, right. our dynamic is just very like that. So. Well, I mean, so the, the reason I brought that up, Letty, is because, like, if, you know, say, for instance, he just walks by and smacks you on the ass, is it go time, like, right there? You're like, all right, you just woke the beast. Like, what are you doing here? You know what this does to me. <laughs> Right. Um, not necessarily, but sometimes. I mean, it really is more so behavior based. So I can like brat is what it's called, like do something bratty that um can sort of trigger a scene to happen. So- oh my god, that's <laughs> the fucking hottest thing ever. My my mind was just blown, okay? Because <laughs> now I get it. I thought it was before it was like, you know, you're it's just like, OK, smack, smack my ass and it hurts. Oh. But it's more like he <laughs> smacks you and you're like, how dare you? Yeah. And then oh, it's like, smack oh, them back you? a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're playing I the love game. It. I love it. I love seeing it. It's, it's so cute seeing the way that oh, like, cute. Okay. It, I can't even explain it, but it is adorable. I don't know if adorable is the right word, but like just seeing the way they interact sometimes, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Like, wow. I, love- I mean, it's pretty great. It's almost like, like, it's almost like the, God, it's like bitch porn, I guess is what it's considered where like, you know, I don't, well, no, it, w- it wouldn't be that. What, it would be like, porn? I don't even know what bitch porn is. Like, well, like if it's a, a like, okay. It's almost like if a girl's being a Karen, right? Like say you're like a dude, whatever, mm-hmm. and a girl, like a, a, say if it, the scene would be like this, it's like a guy's at his house and he's playing music or something. And then the neighbor comes over and she's a total Karen. 
And he's like, you know what? You need a fucking, you know, big old hog, right? You know what I'm saying? And then it turns <laughs> into that. Okay. Right, right, right. So, but it's not that. It's No, okay. no but I, I can see how the spirit of it is there in yes. a way. <laughs> right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. We're on the same wavelength. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I mean, I'm not a brat, so I don't know. But um, I feel like you try to see how far away, how much you can get away with before he oh, yeah. You know. yeah there's definitely a little bit of like of that testing limits but a lot of our limits too are like pre-negotiated so when we first started this dynamic I was kind of an asshole to be honest like and that's what brats get a lot of like bad rap they get a, a reputation of being assholes because they usually do things that aren't really negotiated um so when we first started out I would do things like that annoyed him and really weren't fun for us either of us so we had to talk about what was okay and what was not okay um so I still like to like test limits but within a like pre-negotiated set of boundaries so I'm not like can you give an example of like these limits if, if you're comfortable with it yeah so um like we think about it so one of them would be like just a time period of when it would be okay to just start you know, being bratty. Like if he just got home from work, he usually like wasn't in the mood for it. So like right. wait Feel until that. another yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Um, yeah. And then we just decided that like there were like rules we have in place that but I wouldn't break them on purpose. So like we have a lot of just like regular domestic rules, like not leaving the gas tank below a quarter tank or on E. I'm not going to, like, purposefully yeah. break that just to start a scene. Um, uh, yeah, things like that. So Wait, and then when you say start a scene, like, is a scene intentional to lead to, like, is it almost like angry sex is what we're looking at? You know, like... Sometimes it's angry sex. Sometimes it's not sex at all. Sometimes it could just be um, just a fun spanking and like then we're on with whatever we were doing before and we might come back and revisit it later. Um, Okay. I like it. No. Hey, shout out to this guy. He signed a good contract. Yeah. He's really awesome. Shout out to him. He's really awesome. I think. Yeah. 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 Good job, buddy. Proud of you. Uh, Um, Yeah. I well yeah I think it's so awesome just the dynamic and it's so interesting to me because it's so different to me like I have with my own relationship and the way I go about things I have rules and things in place that we do or don't do I think that's normal for couples to hopefully have that open communication to be able to be like I like this I don't like this please don't do this again right Uh, and I think it's great um but it's interesting to see how each couple does it like each couple like I feel like there's underlying things that most couples in like a lifestyle kind of situation do but they're different in the way they go about them yeah I would agree with that Ray Ray where I would say you two are kind of the exception where it's like my wife's rules are shut up and don't touch me you know what I mean and like (laughs) you know I'm so sorry can I can I send you like a like a blowjob gram or something okay right right it's a joke for christ's sake i know and i was joking too but no it's uh it's like uh no it's right like i i you know i'll intentionally like annoy her at times but she finds it funny kind of thing it's like that like that's kind of our dynamic 
guy. Oh, okay. You know, like I can be like, you know, I'm more of like a make you laugh until it's, you know, the five, the five best words in the English language. You wore me down. You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I mean, I think as you go about your relationships, you learn the things that work. Like I don't talk a lot about my personal relationship with my husband, um, just because it has a lot, a lot, not a lot to do with my you know what I do for a living um but we do have our own personal thing and there are things that I can do there are words I can say there can there are things that I can do that get him immediately in the mood and I know that because I've known him for so long and I think that you just learn these little things about your partner over time that just work and you work at them and enjoy them and you're the only one who knows those things and it's so great and intimate I do like that you're I agree with you there there is that, like, you both know each other so well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, that, that part of it is fun. But, okay, so then, Letty, you're, so you do the sexual diary, right? And that went off well, and you had fun with that. What else do you have coming up, or what else, do you have any other things on the horizon, or any other things you're working on? Yeah, so I just... I just published the Punishment Diaries, which is another erotic diary series. So the first one was the Brat Diaries. The second one's Punishment Diaries, which focuses focuses more on a domestic discipline dynamic uh, versus the Brat Diaries. Yeah. What is domestic discipline? So that is very similar to a, like, dom-sub relationship where there are rules set and consequences if they're not followed. Um... It's very individual for the couple. So what one what one DS or DD dynamic looks like for one person is totally different for another. So I don't want to like provide like a standardization of it here because it's so different. But sure. yeah, but my book basically talks about what it looks like for us specifically within the bounds okay. of marriage. And another book that we have just released was called Caught in the Riptide of Faye. And I wrote that with two of my friends, um, Jillian Apple and Priscilla Green. So that was a really fun erotic folklore anthology book where we had 10 different short stories in there um it was very different from what i usually write but it was it's very spicy i'd highly recommend it (laughs) very good Uh i have a finger blasted myself to it a few (laughs) so straight up i um when the book came out i bought um a version of it and then i had all of them sign it but what i had them do is um use lipstick and they put their lip prints on the book and then they sign their lip prints and it's one of my prized possessions i'm going to keep it forever because i know all all the people who wrote it and i think they're all amazing and i want them all to do wonderful things and keep writing um and so yes but i have used it several times and i am not an erotica or smut person i am a very visual like in my head like i have done so many dirty things in my life that i promise you i can pull from what has happened to me in my life yeah. than having to read it but i like there to be the option and i just i love the book you guys should go get a copy now because it's amazing caught in the riptide of fay yeah caught in the riptide of fay okay we'll have yeah. links in the description of this episode for everything for letty for for all her socials and anywhere you can get her work and, and all her different published stuff and everything like that. Like, yeah, no, really Jillian Apple, Lady Lust Craft and Priscilla Green caught in the riptide of Faye, right? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. So cool. my, my pen name for that is actually Violet Gray. Uh, okay. So writing as Violet Gray. 
But yeah. So can I can I ask this? And I don't mean to be crass. Um, but do your writing sessions get interrupted? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> oh, oh my god, yeah. It's like one of the things I have to do if I want to get in the mood to write too is kind of like edge myself a little bit. So <laughs> I will just like kind of like be writing and if I like want to actually finish that scene, I cannot get up and like just go take care of things. I have to just like keep edging myself and like finish the scene. Um, Sometimes, however, if I'm like unsure where I want the scene to go, if it's like a fictional story, um, I will act things out with my husband. Well, (laughs) well, Wow, (laughs) really getting into character there, huh? Yeah. You have to. Sometimes when like when you're trying to write a position, it's just like, I don't know, is this gonna work? Here, come help me. And we uh, uh, figure yeah, it out. Awesome. <laughs> man, that is great. Good for you. That's fun. I mean, man, that must have made the pandemic. I want to come to one of your writing sessions next time. <laughs> is that is that um, allowed in your are is your husband allowed to bring other people in, Letty? Oh, I'm sorry, what was that? Is your husband allowed to bring other people in? Or is that not part of the Oh, deal? like an open marriage? Is that what you're talking about? Like, I mean, maybe not open, but like, you oh. know. So we we experienced with like swinging and uh, poly like during the pandemic. Um, right now we're kind of in a space where we just, neither of us have the headspace to do it. We started a business last year and it just took off. So we're just like all in on that business right now. Um, which is like related to the smut stuff as well. It's um, it's an Etsy shop, and we just we sell bookmark stickers, coloring books, journals, all that kind of stuff. Whoa! And, and it's, they're all like sex related. One like it's like they're uh, all like smut related, very sex positive. It's the shop is called Lustcraft, the smut shop. Um, oh, cool! We'll put it, we'll have a link in the description of this episode for that as well. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm. I want to touch on it because she's a genius. She's a straight up genius. Like I can send her some kind of idea that I have, and like within like an hour, she'll be like, "Oh, I made this mock thing of this," and then she'll send it to me, and then she'll print them out for me. And it's amazing. She she'll come up with all of these ideas and things that just are amazing. Like I'm creative in my own way, but the way that you create is unbelievable like it is like her shop if you go look at it now like it is has something on there for everyone women men it doesn't matter like it is amazing and that's why it is so successful is it wait wait it's an etsy shop and it's called lustcraft lustcraft yes it's called lustcraft yeah oh the one bookmark is Jesus saying, is that smut? Question mark. That's our most popular. She's a genius. She's a genius. I mean, she would have, like, you know, if you look at her shop, she has, like, 25K in sales. Like, you wouldn't have that on Etsy. <laughs> or be that successful on Etsy if you weren't producing great things that people are buying. Oh man, that's fucking hilarious. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's great. So whenever I need help with stuff when it comes to that, I always ask her because she knows and she has helped me with so many things I can't even tell you about. There yeah so it's amazing nice. what is the fourth wing is that oh that's a very popular um book series so it came out a few years ago but the newest one iron flame just came out like a couple weeks ago it is a like 
dragon war college book, but there is some exquisite smut in it. So it's an enemy. You had me in dragon war college. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a great read. It's like so. Can I categorize it just from this explanation and just from looking at the cover? It's Harry Potter meets Game of Thrones with actual bang. Harry Potter meets Game. I'll allow it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like Harry Potter, as in they're they're at a magical school. Game of Thrones, where they have a hierarchy with dragons, and then also a lot of boobs and bangs. Yeah, I would say that's fairly accurate. But the the erotica is actually kind of contained, but it is a slow burn in a way. But it's very, very well written. It's elegantly written. It's I would say it's much different from what I write. I it. It, it's very good though. Yeah. I recommend it. So yeah. that's my issue with erotica is I am not a slow burn person. Like I am a quickie person. I am yeah. if you have sex with me longer than 30 minutes, like I literally want you to get out. Like I oh, really I am not a slow burn person. Um and so for me, I'm like, can we just get to the meat of it? Like I've even gone to parties. Right a lifestyle party and people are talking and like hanging out and I'm like when are we gonna fuck like can we just get to the fucking part like let's just go past so I for me I like smut and I think it's hot and dirty but if I will literally tell the guy I'm like it's been 30 minutes can you please come like I just don't want to do I'm bored can we do a different position can we do something else like I can have sex for a long time but it's with lots of different people not one person Okay, there's been one rare, there's been one exception in my entire life, and it, it's not my husband, he's great, Um, but there's one exception in my entire life where I had sex with a guy for a few hours straight, Um, and I loved it, but the rest, I'm like, can we just go already, like, I don't, <laughs> so that's just me, though, personally. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, no, I could, I mean, yeah, the slow burn helps, but yeah, it's not for everybody. I get it. I mean, for guy, slow burn's kind of tough. You want it in, you want it out. There's a demon you got to release. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But let's keep it moving then. I want to move it on to everyone's new favorite segment. Hey, uh, the best part of this show is a plastic thick in your butt, in your butt. Uh, we're now at everyone's new favorite segment. It's Peg Talk with Ray Ray. Uh, Letty, uh, Rary here. She's going to ask you some very interesting questions and feel free to answer as you would like. Uh, Ray Ray, take it away. All right. Um, I put a lot of effort and thought into these questions just because I have known you for a while and I wanted to actually get to know more about you. Um, and so, um, the first one is how or what do you identify as? In what regard? Like sexually. Um, it's kind of a tough question. So I... I think that I fluctuate a lot um, mm-hmm. as far as like my sexuality goes. I um. I thought you said fluctuate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I there was a time during the pandemic where I felt like hypersexual, mm-hmm. where I think it was a frenzy when I first discovered um, like swinging and polyamory and first experimenting with that. It was like an adrenaline rush. And then once that adrenaline kind of wore off, I found that like I really wasn't that hypersexual. Um, I really am more into just like the long-term committed relationship that I have and just spicing it up in ways that are fun and exciting to us, whether that is having a threesome or just doing our DD dynamic 
Um, it's just whatever we want to do together is what is exciting to me. So I don't know if I really identify as like bisexual, asexual, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like I, I'm not really a fan of the labels in general. Okay. I just kind of am. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you identify more like a brat? Like, is a brat more your thing? Uh, yeah, so as far as kink roles go, I do have like, a couple of different identifications, like, listed on FetLife. So, <laughs> brat is one of them. Spanko is another one. Spanko is probably the top one, because that's, like, my hardwired fetish. Spanko? Um, spanko, yeah. So, that is a term used for someone who has a fetish for spanking, either giving or receiving, or both. Um, there's a whole community out there of goes it's a it's a thing yeah. and so like a, okay yeah go ahead I mean, I mean so so like a furry is like the general term for whoever likes the furry thing a spanko is what you call someone who likes being spanked yeah or spanking or just watching like it really is just encompasses spanking in general do but. you think i mean can i ask and i'm sorry to interrupt on this but is do you think the spanking and all in any way comes from like you know i don't know childhood reprimanded because i know i got you know spanked as a kid and all that stuff and i do not want to do it as an adult but was that like a thing that happened to you as a kid were you okay sorry no that's a fair question i thought about it a lot like where where did it come from like yeah i did i do remember it happening a couple of times when i was a kid but I don't, I don't think, I don't know, really, where does it come from? I remember always being fascinated with it, though, ever since I was a kid. It doesn't, it didn't just pop up because I read something and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Like, a lot of Spankos will tell you that they looked up the word in the dictionary when they were kids. And I did that. Like, they, we were so fascinated with it. Just, I don't know where it came from. And I love people, like, even other Spankos will say, like, I never got spanked as a kid. I don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, so, and I, I really can't tell you if, if it, you know, came from an experience when I was young that I can't remember or if it's just, I don't know, but that yeah. I, I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's like the same, like parallels, but different. Like, I love cum. I love everything about it. I want to be covered in cum. That's how I want to die. Like, I want it written in my will to get covered in cum. But I can't, somebody asked me on a podcast, they're like, where does that come from? Like, where does this, <laughs> where does it come being from? covered <laughs> in this, like, warm, sticky stuff, where does this come from? And I had to think like you, I was like, when was the first time someone actually gave me a facial? And, but now it's like, I get cum drunk. Like, literally, if you come on me, it is like I am higher drunk. And I love it that much. But I don't know where it comes from. So it's very similar to like what you're just talking about. Yeah. Do you um, get as any sense of euphoria from spanking, Letty? Euphoria? Oh, yeah, it's very arousing for me i mean it's one of the only things that gets me wet i mean it, it's like foreplay for me yeah. okay but is it more is it the act itself or the things that are around that i.e like when you're saying like you know you're being bad or you know you need it's, like you're being a brat and need to be disciplined like is yeah. that the kind of stuff that is yes. okay is that more so than the physical spanking itself Correct. Yeah. So if it's just, yeah, just a spanking itself probably is not going to do much for me. It does have to have the dynamic with it, which is why I think I struggle to um, have other like relationships outside of our dynamic is because I'm so turned on by what we have on our DS and our domestic discipline dynamic that I don't, I can't build that trust with another person like overnight. So, yeah. so 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It definitely comes from like from the power exchange, not so much the physical act of spanking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was really eye-opening and really actually great for me to actually get to know both of you because I had never had close friends that were in a, you know, dynamic like that. And I had firsthand experience with it because it's not what I like. And it was great to be immersed in it and be like, this is normal. This is great. But I'll remember the first time, like I went over and they're like, spank her. I'm like, no, it's mean. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> like, I felt so bad. Uh, like, like, And it's still hard for me. Like, if I go over and I'm like, um, I'm going to spank you now. And I'll be like, oh, really soft. I'm like, I'm sorry. In my head, I still, it's hard for me yeah. to still, because like for me, it's like, I don't want to hurt a person. And I'm like, I, you're my friend. Why would I want to hurt you? But then you like it. So I'm like, my brain is like, do, don't do it, do it, don't do it. <laughs> so, but it was really yeah. refreshing and great. And actually something I really needed for my own like well-rounded sexual, like, you know, experience to be friends with someone who was in a healthy dynamic like that. So yeah, no, hey, good for you. No, that's great. Okay. So okay. let's see what's next. Um, the next one is how do you break down predominant BDSM stereotypes? Like what I was just talking about, where people are like, oh, it's just violence and you're hurting each other. And why are you doing that? How do you break those down? So it's really all about consent. That's the biggest part. So the difference between abuse and BDSM is that oh. somebody is enjoying that and consented to a specific act. Um, there's philosophies all about BDSM. We have the risk aware consensual kink rack uh prick which is personal personally identify oh my gosh hold on i don't want to say it wrong so i'm just gonna look it up first um but all these different philosophies are what help identify and break down the stereotype that bdsm is different and completely separate from abuse so prick stands for um personal responsibility informed consensual kink so mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're taking personal responsibility for your own kink education. Okay, great. Um, yeah, because for me, like I said, when I first was interacting with you guys and stuff like, or when I would see it online, or I have other people who do porn with me where I know women who like being punched in the face, and that's their kink. And I've done scenes with them, and I had to punch this woman in the face. And it was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like, I'm like, you want me? But like, if you're consenting, and that's what they want, then that's the difference. I wouldn't just go and deck a woman and be like, oh, let me punch you in the face. But like, right. that's what <laughs> she wanted. Um, but it's still very difficult and hard for me because I'm such a kind and nice soul. And I want to just give right. pleasure to people that um, for me to hurt another person. But the difference is like, it's consensual, you're enjoying it. So it's not hurting you. It's something that you like. But a lot of people don't understand that they don't get it or they don't want to understand. And for me, I was so glad, like I said, meeting you and our other friends and stuff that I was able to actually experience that and be able to be like, yes, this is okay. This is, you know, this is normal. And now I just see it as normal. Well, before I would have been like, no, 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 like, I, you know, so yeah. I, it's good. So ah, very good. Keep it moving on okay. down. Um, did you always see yourself writing smut? Oh, great question. No, I didn't. Um, I mean, I, I really took a detour. I, I loved writing. I never thought I would be writing or publishing it, though. I mean, my my college history and my career path is STEM. So very, very different. A lot of things that I would write for college 
or very dry technical scientific papers. Mm. Um, so when I came back to it um, in the pandemic, it was it felt like home again in a way. Like it felt like oh, I love doing this. Like this is like it felt like it was where I was meant to be. I came full circle from doing it as a teenager alone in my bedroom in my diary to all of a sudden publishing an erotic diary. So yeah, I didn't see it happening though. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see myself doing porn. I actually was very hesitant to actually do porn um, because I didn't want what I loved to do, which is sex, to become work. And I thought I'd resent it and hate it. Right. Which there are days that I'm like, oh, my God. But this isn't. You're like, oh, I'm getting a double anal Um, today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So my next question is, um, what is your advice for women getting into smut? Like, so for someone like myself, who doesn't really read smut, what would you advise them and like to do? Oh, yeah. Um, So you're talking about reading it, right? Not writing it? Yeah, reading it. Okay. I think I would first ask what they're interested in uh, sexually, and then I would um try to recommend something that kind of focused in on that kink there is such a huge world of smut out there it's really there's something for everyone like you said you don't like slow burn i can point you to some websites with some really great stories or some anthology series um if you do like slow burn if you're really into mafia romance there's a lot of authors out there that don't knock mafia romance okay (laughs) some people might like that all right well they do they do i promise you that's awesome like in rule 43 i think it's rule 43 like if you can think of it there's porn of it so i'm sure it's oh my god for sure there's erotica of it i bet there's podcast porn out there you know what i mean there is, yeah. Yeah. i'm sure there is um, well, actually technically there is yeah, yeah plug talk and no jumper yeah that's yeah. all um okay so what is something that immediately turns you off like for me, it's sweat. Like if someone starts sweating or dripping sweat on me, I'm done. Like I'm yeah. out. I I meet my pussy dries up and I'm done. Like that clip went for like six thousand, I think. <laughs> so what what is it for you? Like um, that's kind of a hard question because I don't. I, I, I don't mean, you you don't like a guy me. who's like a simp, right? Like right, like yeah, yeah. like you you want a guy that's like kind of you know that that has the ability to dominate you correct right yeah so i guess i i would get turned off by someone who seemed very submissive but not necessarily that i don't like them you know it's just i'm not going to be sexually attracted to that yeah yeah, yeah. like for me if you're a really sweaty person like i don't want to have sex right. with you it's not like so. I, you know, <laughs> I think you're great and you could be really it could be men and women. right <laughs> You know, right. women are very sweaty too. It, I'd be like, let's turn on the AC or something, like, or maybe <laughs> we shouldn't have sex in this hot car, like, you know, um, you know, it, it would, it wouldn't not like the person, but I, I, like I said, you said, like, you wouldn't be sexually attracted to them, which is okay, right. which is within your right. So, sure. um, yeah. Okay, so what is something you haven't done sexually that you would like to do? Um, I really would like to do shibari. So I haven't done that yet. That's rope suspension. So I've done some like harnesses. I've done some half suspensions, but I haven't been fully suspended yet. And I've always wanted to do that. So Whoa. Yeah. It sounds like it would hurt. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of the point. (laughs) I don't know a lot about Shibari. I have been tied up several times. I've done a few suspensions. Um, You have to be very, very careful when it comes to any kind of that stuff when it involves the body and pressure points. Because if you do it wrong, 
then you can have lasting effects on that person's body, especially if a nerve gets pinched or something goes wrong, you have to know what you're doing. Um, and so I am glad that I had good experiences, um, but you definitely, as a person getting into that sort of thing, you need to go to someone who knows what they're doing or it could have right. lasting effects on your body. That's why we haven't done it yet is because, you know, it's so hard to find, to build up that trust. And we also don't have time to, to find someone right now and to like really d- invest our time into that experience but hopefully yeah. I'm hoping that things will you know slow down a little bit after the holidays and we might have time to do that so. well I would love to do it with you so let me know yeah, that'd be great. Um, uh, let's see I have two quite well I have three questions left technically um what do you see as being the best resources for learning more about bdsm like what would you recommend um i think i'd recommend just going to events um especially ones in like public if you have some cities don't have this but thankfully we are starting to get more of them here in columbus but like public space dungeons um one of them is kinky in columbus um and they are really good about um consent and like they have classes that happen at each of their events so um there's another one called kinky college in chicago which is a whole like like a ton of classes there's a whole weekend of classes for kink there so i recommend doing in-person things Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of misinformation out there on the internet it's hard to find who to trust. Um, not saying that everyone you meet in person is trustworthy, but a lot of those people at those events have been vetted. Um, that are they're teaching, they've been vetted, and they have a following, and they're usually know what they're talking about. So okay, nice. great. Um, this last question is very intimate, so you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But I've always wondered this. Um, so you're very big chested, like very naturally big. Get out of here! What, <laughs> I gave you that. You can see them like. Um, what is it like for a woman to be naturally very full like that? Like, do you get harassed? Do you have back problems? Like, so what is it to be, because women pay 10K or more to have breasts like you do. Like, what is it like to naturally have breasts like that? Yeah, it's, um, I can't like see the ground most of the time. So I bump into things a lot. Ah. And (laughs) My back yeah, I don't think that would be an issue <laughs> now that you mention it. Yeah, it's not like as, I mean, grass is always greener, right? I've always wanted smaller boobs, but people with small boobs always want bigger boobs. So it's like, there's no winning when it comes to like. I mean, that's yeah. women in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as being like harassed and stuff like that, like, yes, that happened. Like, it came in pretty early for me. So it, it did. Um what do you mean by being like oh like harassed by like men you're saying yeah um and just also just like teased in school and things like that um but I definitely felt like I got more attention from not only men but women too um as far as just like you know sometimes people even just say like oh I want your boobs and like that not that I mind that but yeah yeah. I mean I would I would (laughs) want you to give me a little bit I don't want how big oh, you yeah. give me a little um but I, I I was the opposite when I was in middle school I had no chest I was flat chested I used to pad my bra because I was so embarrassed to oh, go into the locker room right. I know I was a late bloomer okay I was a late bloomer but I was so embarrassed to go into the locker room and have no breasts and there were women who or girls at then who had like double d's how do you compete 
the guys are like just coming into their own with puberty and, and then they're following those women around and I'm like I I don't even have enough to wear a bralette like um and so I had the yeah, opposite so, of yeah so I felt embarrassed about. too um yeah. so it's like you can't win yeah, yeah I was wearing the bra before anyone else was and I, I, that was embarrassing to me I was like why do I have to do this you know how how I mean if you don't mind me asking how old were you when it you was first- like around the fourth grade fourth or fifth grade fourth grade god damn yeah i was a late bloomer i didn't get my period till i was 14 i didn't even actually get my full like developed cup size till i was 19 like i felt for a while especially in middle school we could probably talk about this for ages but like (laughs) puberty and how you feel and stuff but like I felt so weird because there were women like you who, you know, they were very well endowed. And and that's what, you know, I had to like women be like, you got your period? I'd be like, yeah. And I had to like lie because I wanted to fit in and like, you know, um, and it was hard. And I think it, for you, it was probably hard too because other people didn't understand then either why you were wearing a bra and you didn't understand it. And so that's hard all around, you know? I mean, yeah. I'll, I mean I'll, guys lie about it too. Like guys will lie saying like, oh yeah, dude, I've been busting nuts and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, meanwhile, they don't even have hair on their schmeckle. You know what I'm saying? yeah i mean i'm sure everywhere like just like puberty in general is just i'm so glad i'm over that now and i know Uh who i am and i'm comfortable and who i am most of the time you know we all have insecurities about ourselves or whatnot but the way i feel about i think in what you're most insecure about and i will i'm dead set on this is the one thing that makes you unique it is the one thing about you that is super unique and you're self-conscious about it because it's different than other people yeah i could see that for sure All right. So my last question is the most important one. And I have to ask it because it is part of this whole segment. Yep. But what are your thoughts on pegging? Ooh. Pegging? Yes. Pegging. Like pegging a guy or a woman. That's a guy, right? Pegging is for men. I mean, I guess technically <laughs> women can be pegged, but speci- we we mean more, you know, are you pegging dudes? And if yes, how regularly? I unfortunately am not pegging any dudes uh, currently. Right? Fingers crossed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I think like I try anything once, you know. So yeah. Maybe- <laughs> yeah. Well, just make sure that they do all the the prep they're supposed to do, so it's an enjoyable experience all around. That's all I'll say about that. Just make sure you know what you're kind of doing. Have the right strap on. Have the right dildo. I will be calling sure- you. They my coach. You were my pegging coach, right? Uh, <laughs> I will. Um, you be your peg assistant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any, anything anal related, anytime, you know, standing off her. If you have questions, you can ask me. Okay. Thank you. And that's that. all I got. That's all I got. So that was a great peg talk, Ray Ray. Good job. Thank you. Awesome. So we are coming towards the top of time. Uh, but before we get out of here, like we said, We'll have links in the description of this episode for everything for Letty Lustcraft. And then, Letty, what kind of stuff do, and you said we have, the Brat Diaries are out. And what's the other diaries coming out? Uh, the Punishment Diaries just came out. So make and sure you check to, out the Punishment Diaries. Go ahead, Ray Ray. I have to plug again her Etsy shop. Her Etsy shop is fucking amazing. It is amazing. And yep. it is her and her husband 
And like I said, just go to the shop now. I promise you, you end up buying something because yeah, yeah. what they make is cute. It's fun. It's dirty. It's amazing. And I hope that they keep doing it. And eventually they have an actual <laughs> shop because it's a genius thing. And I love it so much. And I wish I had time to actually do something like that because they're killing it. Yeah, We'll have a link in the description of this episode for that website for sure. Um, but I'll tell you, Letty, uh, Ray Ray and I are usually on the same page with this, but we would love to have you back on the show if you'd be willing to come back on. Of course, yeah. This is great. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, you were awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, Letty, is there anything you would like to say to your friends, family, before we get out of here? I love you all. <laughs> we so love nice. you too. Uh, Ray Ray, mom baby. What do you got to say to the Ray Ray fanatics before we get out of here? Um, um, that I love all of you. Thank you for your constant support. And if you follow me, please go follow her right now and check out her Etsy shop and everything else that she does because um, she is one of my very good friends and she makes amazing stuff and you should go check it out now. So yeah, well, uh, speaking of checking out amazing stuff, this has been another episode of the Working Perspectives podcast. I'm Matt LaBelle. I come today by the one and only Ray Ray. And our guest today is the amazing, the incredible, the talented, the submissive Letty Lustcraft. In case you're wondering, you can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. And you can join us on Twitter and TikTok at Working Pod. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workperspectives at gmail.com. And please like and subscribe so we keep bringing you this sweet, sweet content. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. See ya.